let's go back to the nuts and bolts. Who are we? Find out who they are. Find out what they value. Why did they show up on this team? Why are they here? It's important as a leader, if you know connection is important, then you help create an environment where you're inspiring these athletes to support one another. And that is then your roadmap to reaching your ultimate goal. And we're on. This is the Let's Talk Cheer podcast, and I'm your host, Jason Larkin. Where we talk cheer, we talk life, and we talk whatever comes to mind. Five, six, seven, eight, let's get started. Turn it up and tune in into Let's Talk Cheer with Jason Larkin. We're talking cheer, we're talking like you know we're always talking. So listen up, you boy, I'm about to go all in. Five, six, seven, eight, we're on. Let's begin. This is episode number 121. Not sure if there's gonna be a 122, but thank you for joining. We have a great episode for you guys today. Today we have brought back Jeff Benson of Mind Body Cheer. Typically, when Jeff is on, we're talking all mental blocks, but today we're talking all about leadership. So many insightful tips from Jeff today. No matter who you are, you are going to pick something up. But before we get into that, if you are new to the show, welcome. New episodes every Tuesday on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, and on Google Podcasts. So again, if you're new, be sure to subscribe so that you never miss out on anything from the show. And if you don't already, be sure to follow us on Instagram and on TikTok. Guys, we post clips from the show there, right? On Instagram and on TikTok. But we also have original content on both platforms. So again, stuff that is on Instagram that you're not going to see on TikTok and stuff on TikTok that you're not going to see on Instagram. And obviously stuff that doesn't appear anywhere on the podcast and over on Instagram, we've been doing our question of the day on the story. So just random things, just getting your opinion on random various cheer questions. And now we're, we're going to do this. We're going to put you in a drawing. We're going to try to do a question of the day every day for the whole month of August. And if you can answer every question, right, it doesn't have to be a, a crazy, super, you know, intellectual answer, but, you know, participate Every day in the question of the day, we will put you in a drawing to win $100. As I say with the coaches training giveaway, someone is going to win. Why not you? Jason C. Larkins on TikTok and Let's Talk Cheer podcast on Instagram. And shout out to Claire, who again is still holding this down on Instagram. And shout out to Jenny who edits the podcast. Speaking of shout-outs, shout-out to all of our monthly supporters. Shout-out to my mother, Sheila, Sarah, Robin, Chanel, Tamara, Heather Peterson of Flipside, Pablo, representing for all the cheer dads out there, our mate, Michelle, the lean, mean coaching machine. His name is Mike, Heidi, Adam, Jasmine, Casey, Melissa from the Sweet Miss Bake Shop. Be sure to check her out on IG. Lauren Clark, the juice and our newest supporter, longtime friend, but new supporter. Bode, say hi to me. It's my birthday, Beal, one of the realest guys in the industry. Thank you for supporting the show, my friend. I truly appreciate it. And if you want to help support the show financially, there is a link in the show notes 
to do so. Lastly, before we get into the show, we're bringing back our coaches training giveaway. I'll be doing another coaches training in September. So you and if you're your best friend coaches, you guys will get the opportunity to sit and talk some cheer with me and get you guys set up for the rest of your season. All you have to do to enter is take a screenshot of an episode of the podcast and post that on your Instagram story and tag our Instagram in the post. That is it. Share the podcast on your story. Tag the Let's Talk to Your Podcast in the post and you are entered. The more shares, the more entries. You've already heard me say it once, but someone is going to win. Why not you? The winner will be announced in episode 125. I'm the cheer director at American Cheer, AKSC.com, sharing with you my life, running a program, managing a staff, coaching the athletes, and working with the parents. And on the other side of the microphone, one of my favorite people in the industry, a man here for the industry, talking leadership today, Jeff Benson. Jeff, welcome back to the show, man. Thank you. Hello, everybody. It's great to be back. Hey, it is great to be back. So, Jeff, last time we had you on the show, you left us like a cliffhanger, and we were talking, and then you say something about, I could talk about leadership. And I'm like, dude, we got to have you on to talk about leadership, because I feel like every time we have you on, you really do bless us with so much like useful and valuable information. So we had to have you back on. And today, let's talk some leadership, Jeff. So let's do it. Let's start off here. So I want to start off we're swinging for the fences right now so jeff can you give me a defining moment or give me an experience that has shaped your approach or your view on leadership all right so when i think of leadership i think of people who have impacted you in ways that kind of have really shaped who you are in my camps with athletes i talk a lot about hero hardship and highlight and in talking about leadership and the hero in your life i think of people who have inspired me, people who have seen more in me than I saw in myself. And for me, it was my sophomore year of high school, and it was my history teacher. At that point in school, I didn't love it. I didn't really try very hard. I didn't feel like I was capable of anything. And full disclosure, Jason, I had not read a full book up until that point in my life. Not kidding. No Mm -hmm. books. And she, in our history class, she had us read Night by Eli Weissel. I had already had a relationship with her. I cared about her, my teacher. I thought she was great. She was kind to me and really saw me as greater than I saw myself. And so I broke into that book and I read it and it changed my life. I'm 46 years old. And if you check out my bookshelf, like World War II and the Holocaust and all that kind of stuff, oppressed peoples. And that's like what I'm passionate about. I read it probably every day. In fact, on my nightstand is postcard. So again, your question, is there a defining moment? Yeah, it would be my sophomore history teacher. She showed amazing leadership. And in all the research I've done in learning about leadership, she had all of those qualities of somebody who trusted, she inspired, and she cared. There we go. Shout out to your high yeah. school, your your sophomore history teacher. My history teacher was Doki Williams. He played in the NFL. Oh my um, goodness. That's so cool. It actually was really cool to have like a NFL football coach slash teacher. And uh, there's literally stuff that he did that I still do to this day with the athletes. And it cracks me up. I'm like, man, I'm still, you know, shout out to Doki. So 
those influential people in our lives. Yeah, definitely. But let's start off here and just get the overview. But what exactly is leadership? So when I think of leadership, it is somebody who is able to help people, very much what I said before, help people see within themselves more than they see. And it is the ability to be able to inspire others to achieve their goals. There you go. All right. So what core values kind of do you feel a leader possesses or should have? So when I think of leadership, and I've looked at even MR Covey's work, I look at Proact Coaching and all of their work, Renee Brown, and all of those individuals that I have followed, I really like the way that Jeff Jansen summarizes mm-hmm. leadership. And he talks about it in terms of there are two types of leaders. There are leaders by example, and then there are vocal leaders. So what I love to explain to athletes when I get the opportunity is think of geese as they fly up above. If you're at home and you see the geese up above, what formation, Jason, are they usually in? They're in that V. That's right. They're in a V formation. And hopefully, if you all don't know, spoiler alert, they're in a V formation to be able to to cut the drag. So we've got that like lead goose, right? And that lead goose is the person in front cutting the drag for everyone behind them. And when we see those geeks up above, what do we hear when we see them flying in that V formation? Oh man, I'm not sure if we, do we hear them quacking or yeah. they I don't. I don't actually know. So if they're low enough, you're going to hear the like goose geesing. What what do goose do? Like, what is that sound? I don't know. Quacking? (laughs) Isn't that Uh, a duck? (laughs) (laughs) I just figured they do the same thing. (laughs) So they make a sound, right? And the reason they're doing that is it's all of the geese who are in the back. They're encouraging the lead goose. And that's the way I like to see leadership. Hmm. The reality is when we have somebody in the front, when when somebody is leading, that person in reality can't always lead. And so what we can do when we're being led is encourage that lead goose. And again, if we see that goose in front who's cutting the drag, they don't stay in the front all the time. So as I explained to athletes, coaches as well, we can't always be the leader because the consequence to always being the leader is that you're going to be exhausted. So the reality is that lead goose will end up going to the back of the V formation and a new goose is going to come to the front. So one of my great mentors and friend, Laura Dusing, would say, we can lead for 30 seconds. We do not always have to be the lead goose. And the reality is all of us can lead at some point in time. So Jason, imagine a practice. The reality is we expect kids to just know how to lead. So I'm probably opening lots of boxes. But the reality is that every child, if we teach them can learn how to lead, even if it is, as Jeff Jansen would say, being an encourager or being a leader by example, doing what is asked and being that positive peer pressure. Coaches and owners, as choreography ends and comp season is around the corner, running your first full out is coming up soon. And if you're like most coaches, you just hit play and pray. But luckily for you, I have a preparing for full outs system, a step-by-step, week-by-week system that will get your team ready to start throwing full out routines. Join me September 23rd and set your team up for success Heading into the comp season. Link in the show notes to sign up today. 
You know what I love about this is it just painted this perfect picture for me is I was telling the athletes the other day about the first athlete to run the four minute mile oh, and right. how previous to that, you know, we thought it was impossible, impossible yep. and it, you can't do it. One guy does it. And then after he does it, several other mm -hmm. people do it because we realize it's, it's cape. We can do this. Mm -hmm. Right. And I was telling them about like, we need our leaders and our brave kids to go and be brave first and then to show everyone, Hey, look, you know, we encounter a scary drill or we're trying out a new pass. Like I need our brave kids to be leaders and to do the skill first and show your teammates, Hey, it can be done. But when you said that about the geese, it reminded me, like, we need that lead goose up there to be the leader and show everyone, Hey, we can all do this. But everyone else in the V formation needs to be saying, Thanks, yes, courage. you can do this, right? Mm -hmm. Like you got this, right? And I think that's just such a, like, that was great. I absolutely love that. Thank you. So let's move on. So what can we do as coaches? Cause we know that we need leaders yeah. on our team. You, you could see our, I can look back and look at my teams and go, Oh yeah. When this team had great leadership, you know, we were able to maximize our potential and we had poor leadership, right. As far as the athletes were concerned, you know, we weren't able to maximize our potential. So what can we as coaches do? And I want to talk about how we can shape better leaders on our teams and better leaders on our staffs. But let's, let's start with the teams first. Sure. How can we as coaches develop more leadership and better leaders mm -hmm. on our teams? So my brain first goes to, I have two points and I really hope I can remember the second one. But the first one is making sure that we understand that leadership is something that can be taught. I think there are a lot of people who have this limiting belief that leadership is some inborn trait. So you either have it or you don't. So if you have a year where you're like, oh, we have no leaders, there's this fatalistic like, oh, this is just going to be really tough because you can't teach leadership. And that is false. Mm -hmm. You absolutely can foster leadership. Second, so that I don't forget it, is to make sure that we are modeling leadership. I think, as Stephen M. R. Covey would say, our society, 90% of our leaders are command and control leaders. They're the ones who tell you what to do. They dictate, they keep all the secrets in their head, and they just tell others what they're supposed to be doing action-wise. So if that's how we're coaching, that is what athletes are then seeing modeled for them is that a leader is somebody who takes it all for themselves. They tell people what to do and they're very controlling. And I would say for this mm -hmm. generation, that's not going to work. That's not how they learn. Right. So that being modeled for them isn't going to resonate. So if we shouldn't be command and control leaders, what's the other type of leadership that there is? Yeah, so he would call it trust. Oh, you said modeling. Trust and inspire. Okay, so elaborate on trust and what was it? Trust and inspire? Yeah, right. yeah, elaborate on trust and inspire. So trust and inspire, when I, I'm going to go off of Stephen M. R. Covey and go into more the way that I see this. So in order to be able to lead someone, there has to be a relationship. So the three components to building a relationship, in my opinion, is somebody has to be known. So if I am going to lead you, Jason, it's important that you feel I know you, that you feel that I care about you, and that I value who you are on my team, that the skills that you bring are important. So when those three things are there, our relationship starts building. So then there is trust. There is one essential question that I think really encompasses trust. Are you there for me? When I need you, are you there for me? 
Mm-hmm. So when we, Stephen M. R. Covey talks about trust and inspire, I think of trust in that way. It's then also not only do you believe that I am there for you, can I inspire you to be the best that you can be? So think of your history, teacher. Think of coaches that you've had that have seen more potential in you than you saw in yourself, right, Jason? They, there's no way you coach and do what you do if you have not been inspired by someone else. Am I uh, just jumping to conclusions or is that true? No, you know, you have those coaches that make you believe you can run through a wall mm-hmm. and you're like, All right, I I can do it, right? That inspiration is the person who's igniting a fire within you. It's not about motivation. I think that's a big misunderstanding. A leader isn't going to motivate you because that's really external. A leader is going to inspire you, and that's much more intrinsic. It's the connection to your why. For me, if I was your leader or if I'm leading the lead goose for you, it would be helping you connect your purpose, your why, your your passion for being here. And that's where inspiration comes from. Okay, real quick. Say it louder for the people in the back. Break it down. Okay about inspiring and motivate, like the difference between those two things. Okay, so when I think of motivation, I think of it being external. It's something that you are shooting for. So I want that trophy. I want that skill. I am motivated to win Summit. I am motivated to make level three. I'm motivated to get that standing tuck. I am working, motivated, to get a thing where when we're talking about inspiration, we're talking about what truly you are passionate about. It is what you wake up dreaming about, what you want so badly that's going to bring you joy. And so this is to not open too many boxes or too many computer windows. For me, it's really about your values. What do you value? What do you care about? And when I, as a leader, can connect your value system to what you want or what fuels you, and I can help you bring those two pieces together, that's where inspiration comes. So how do we as leaders, right, how do we inspire or have an impact on inspiring those around us if it comes from within that individual? Okay. I I love this question. I'm going to go back to values. So everybody out there, stay with me. Don't get bored from hearing this keyword, values. A command and control leadership style would be the assumption that the team in front of me, let's talk about leadership as a coach, that the team in front of me all wants the same thing because it's what I want. That's command and control. So if the coach wants to win Summit, Come on, everybody, this is what we're going to do. You're going to work out and you're going to do send stretching videos and you're going to do this routine and we're going to fight for the front center spot because that's the highlighted spot and who wants to be the front center flyer. And that is not wrong, but it's not inspiring people for their why. This generation especially, and I love how they help us really rebalance what's important. They're trying to connect us to, without knowing it, connect us to what's really important. Let's go back to the nuts and bolts, which is connecting our purpose. Who are we? So when an athlete is coming to us, a trust and inspire leader is going to be checking in with these athletes and find out who they are. Find out what they value. Why did they show up on this team? Why are they here? You may find out that a lot of these athletes' values are friendship. Friendship itself is not a roadblock to these big goals that you all may have in your gyms. 
But it's important as a leader, if you know friendship is important to this group, connection is important, then you help create an environment where you're inspiring these athletes to support one another. And that is then your roadmap to reaching your ultimate goal. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Gym owners, we're all looking for new ways to grow our gyms, right? Well, you need to check out NextGen's One Day Business Builder Conference coming up September 9th in Baltimore. At this event, NextGen will teach you how to hire great staff, build a profitable all-star budget, get boys into your program, and host birthday parties to make your gym money. Learn more and get registered at ngconferences.com. Link in the show notes. So then how do you, and this might seem like just kind of like simple, you just, you just do it, Jason. Well, how do you suggest that coaches go about finding out about their athletes, right? You know, what the, each individual athlete, you know, is searching for or is wanting in, the, in a team. I think the key is to make it purposeful to actually do and break down and provide activities where you find these things out. There are many ways to do it. Uh, what I do, I literally do a values inventory. So I have a worksheet and I have a list of different values and there are different steps. So the first step would be like, hey, so it's important that we understand that values are who we are or who we want to become. Values are the things that drive us and make help us make our decisions. So right here, Jason, you and I, Jeff Benson, Mind Body Cheer, I don't value the same things that I value as Jeff Benson, a father. Not that they're totally opposite, but really my top values are going to change. Jeff Benson, Mind Body Cheer is much more competitive than I would be as Jeff Benson, dad. And that is important to know. So let's get back to the activity that I would do. All right, athletes, as a cheerleader here at American Cheer, I want you to circle on Team Blue here. What are the values that inspire you, that you want to become? And so they're like circling 50 different values. So it doesn't look like it's helpful because, oh, I value fun. Oh, but I also value hard work and I value skill attainment, but I also value growth mindset. So it looks like just so much, a big circle of mess. The next step to this activity is, okay, so now narrow this down to your top five values. And so when they narrow it down to their top five, they recognize that even though I may value this, I value this more. Any questions about that as an activity first? A purposeful activity, I should say. No, that makes perfect sense. Okay. So as we continue to do this, then we do a self-awareness exercise, such as within these five values that are at your core as a cheerleader, how do you think you're upholding these values? Because the reality is no value is bad. Like you can't say that you value like lying. What it means is that you're undervaluing honesty or you're overvaluing something else. So with no value being bad, assess, are you undervaluing this? when you're here? Are you overvaluing it? Or are you, is there a good balance? So from that point on, I've got, you know, let's say 26 kids on my team. They're getting an idea of what they value. And then as a team, we do then small group exercises where they, they come together and they each 
of the small groups, maybe by stunt group, they narrow that down to three values. So you, myself, our flyer, and our secondary base, we talk about our top five and we narrow it down to three. And then we all come together as a team and we come to our top five values. So how does this values exercise come aligned with leadership? What I'm finding out is what my team really cares about. They're giving me the roadmap to where we want to go. Because let's say two teams have the same goal, but they're likely to not have the same values. So the way in which I'm going to trust and inspire leader, be a trust and inspire leader for each one of these teams is going to be totally different. And that's the difference between trust and inspire and command and control. Command and control does not change their leadership style with who's in front of them. Trust and inspire absolutely reads the room and makes sure they're giving the teams or the athletes or the parents what it is that they want. Yep. And it makes sense. Yeah, so it reminds me of this activity that we did with our staff once where we would ask them a bunch of different things on leadership. And one of them was like, how do you want to be critiqued, right? Do you want to do it in person or do you want to do it in, you know, one-on-one or do you want to do it in front of everyone or how do you prefer? It was a bunch of different things like that. And so I'm hearing is the command style leadership would just stick to their leadership no matter what, whether it's in person, if that's their style, or if it's in front of everyone, if that's their style, they would do it and it wouldn't change from person a person but this trust and inspire leader we know actually take that feedback get that feedback from their team and go okay this person does not want to be critiqued in front of everyone you know so anytime i make a correction to this person it's going to be one-on-one private setting this person actually prefers to be critiqued in front of everyone feels like that motivates them or for whatever reason they want to be critiqued in front of everyone that's what i'm going to do for this specific person to kind of nurture or cater to their personal temperament right that's exactly right and the same thing with our teams like finding out how our teams, you know, what are their, we all want to win this and win that and win that. But, you know, what is it that these athletes are actually trying to get out of mm. this season? Like you said, bonding or, you know, being a family and, you know, all these these different things. So there we go. You've given me a new idea. Cool. And I really like the thing you said about how are you upholding that value? Because we do our journals and, you know, we do it with about Coach Wooden's words right now. And yesterday we were talking about loyalty and I was trying to come up with a question for loyalty. And I'm like, you know, now, what should I ask about loyalty? And that would have been the perfect thing to say. Like, how are you upholding the value of being loyal? There you go. So Jeff, <laughs> you're, as always, you're killing it. Thank you. So let's do this. Sure. Let's, let's get to a break and we come back. We'll talk more leadership. I love it. You guys always hear me talk about Sounds Like That, the official music producer of the Let's Talk to Your podcast. Well, Sounds Like That is actually part of a bigger music team, Power Music. Power Music, your number one source for licensed cheer and dance music with over 750 pre-made mixes. These pre-made mixes are perfect for a variety of teams, including half-year teams, prep teams, novice, school, dance, and more, with prices starting as low as $15. Say it louder for the people in the back, as low as $15, and full 2-minute and 30-second tracks are available for just $95. You can easily find the perfect mix for your team, no matter the budget. But that's not all. You can also customize your mix with voiceovers, sound effects, song swaps, and more. With instant downloads available, you can have your perfect mix ready today if you wanted. Head on over to PowerTierMusic.com and use the promo code LTC10 
for a 10% discount on your purchase. Link in the show notes. And we are back. So, Jeff. Yes. Want to ask you? I got a few questions for you right now. All right. So let's um let's hear it. So, how do you suggest coaches, owners, or even parents handle you know the challenging situations that arise every single day on our teams, or in our organizations, or within our families? Asking questions and listening. That surprisingly is one of the most missed but essential pieces of being a leader. Asking the questions and listening and hearing the other people to find out, let's bring it full circle, to find out their why. Find out what it is that they're reaching for. What what is it that they're working to achieve? What are they wanting? And then listening to what the person is saying. There we go. Have you read, I think it's Simon Sinek, like start with why? I have not, but I watch a lot of his work on YouTube. (laughs) I have not either. My mom has the book and I always see it. And I know lots of people really, really like the book. And every time I go to my mom's house, I see it on, you know, Mm. her bookshelf and I always look at it and I always kind of thumb through it, but I never actually have gotten it. But, you know, start with why. But uh, yeah. There we go. Can you elaborate on that and just talk about really the importance of understanding the other person's why? So if you really want to be a trust and inspire leader versus the typical, the average command and control, a trust and inspire leader wants to know the person that they're talking to. They want to know about them. They want to make sure that that person knows that they care about them and that they value them. So let's talk about as a customer. I value you as a customer. I value your family. I want to know you as a parent. I want to know what you value. I want to know how you're planning on raising your child. What are the things that are important to you? And then to make sure that I'm showing you compassion, understanding. And when we can come to that level, I realize it seems like almost too slow, right? We have a problem. We want to see a solution. Hi, command and control. What I am suggesting, though it is a lot, this isn't easy, but when we can come down to the foundation of relationship, when we can build trust, that is where, even though it's a lot of work at first, that is where after a while, you're going to get so much momentum. It is going to be so much easier to address these problems throughout the season or later versus what I think a lot of us do in this command and control leadership style is we try and plug the boat instead of actually fixing the problem. So we can fix the problem by getting to the root to finding out who these people are are, what do they want, let them know we care about them, and then come to a common agreement on the best way to move forward. Mm-hmm. So Jeff, it seems that you've got, that you've been studying leadership, that you've been trying to demonstrate quality leadership, and that one would surmise that you've come a long way in your leadership. So give me an example or a story when you weren't so enlightened, when you just flat out failed at leadership. Ouch. Thanks a lot, Jason. I wanted everyone to think I've gotten it all and I've always had it right. Oh man, you're working my growth mindset right now. All right. No, you know what? I appreciate it. So I have like two things that pop into my head. So once as a leader, as an athlete, so this would be my senior year at Illinois State University. We were very inspired. Uh, Actually, I should say motivated. We were very motivated to start breaking into top three at UCA Nationals. It was my dream to be on TV 
So I was very fixed minded at that time. I was like 22. And I had this vision as a the leader on the team as the captain of how we were going to get to this place. And I did not feel that my teammates were working as hard as I was. And I was furious, like flipping my lid, red light, practice after practice. And finally, <laughs> oh, I'm so embarrassed. I look at my team and I said, I am done. I'm done. I'm not talking until you all start wanting to hear my feedback, until you start making a change, and still until you all start working as hard as I do. I'm not talking. I'll do. I'll work hard, but I'm done leading you all. I feel like I have you all on my back like a backpack and I'm carrying all the weight. So I'm just going to stand here. Jason, I threw a temper tantrum as a 22-year-old. And you better believe yeah. I. this is still to this day. I'm a man of my word. So for two weeks, heading to UCA Nationals, I didn't talk. Hey, Jeff, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> oh, 24 years later, I still feel embarrassed that I did that. I really hope some of my former college cheerleaders are watching this. Because uh, we talk about this often, how Jeff was a little... I meant well, but I missed the mark. <laughs> so how did that work out for you? Yeah, that's a really good question. Other than the embarrassment of not really leading by example, I was not trust and inspire. That is like the definition of command and control. You didn't do what I wanted. And so now I can't emotionally regulate. But how did it work out? It actually worked out. <laughs> uh, I mean, we ended up coming together as a team. I would talk when I would leave. And I don't know if you had this in college, but we had like our apartment it was four of us all cheerleaders so all the cheerleaders would come over and yeah eventually they started working hard enough for Jeff that I started talking yeah we ended up placing third at UCA so that was pretty cool uh we came together so it did work out despite it being horribly embarrassing in retrospect on how I reacted because there were so many other ways to have done that I love it I gotta tell this quick story and then I'll I got got a follow-up question for you but we used to do mat room meetings so when I cheered in college, we practiced in the HPE, which is just a big gymnasium, right? Bunch of basketball courts. Okay. And we kept our mats in what we call the mat room, which is a big utility closet, right? But it was big enough for nine panels and a bunch of other like PE equipment, basically. And so we call it the mat room. And the rule of the mat room was that any athlete on the team could call a mat room meeting at any time. And you can go in there oh. and say whatever you wanted and hash it out. Like it just call people out. Jeff. You better get it together, man, because you're doing this, you're doing this, and you duke it out. And then the the premise was that once you left the mat room, it's what happened in the mat room stayed in the mat room. You wouldn't bring your drama back onto the mat, you know. And we'd have these mat room meetings, man, and, and you know, it's like no coaches allowed, and it's we're just everyone just ripping everyone, and you know, I'm not sure how well they worked. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it was, you know, it's just, just like grab your popcorn because we're having a mat room meeting, guys. I love it. So but that's what that reminded me of just people going off on each other. So that was, yes. I, I think that would be more, but you know, we'd come out motivated. We really would. Yeah. But you know, it's funny that you mentioned like motivated versus like just being truly inspired because it was definitely the outside effect of people, you know, after the mat room meeting, we come out, but I'm not sure if we were actually changed internally, mm. you know, to, to yep. want to be better people. Because we'd have to have one 
every couple of weeks. But uh, going back to your, it's a fight in a lion eye, right? Yeah. The fight in a lion eye. So going back to that, you know, knowing what you know now, what would you do differently? In that situation from college? Mm -hmm. Oh gosh. Yeah. So I probably would have sat my team down, not necessarily had a, a mat meeting, but sat my team down and really expressed how important it was for me to make sure that we're all on the same path. Kind of not a come to Jesus, but a, what are we working for? So let, let's back it up because I probably came into the season with my assumption of what I wanted and where I wanted to go. So I talk a lot about the roadmap. So, or the treasure map, like I want to go here. I think the way to get here is this path with its hard work, dedication, putting in extra hours, really coming together as a team to working through issues and problems. So I had, I think the right value system in my head, but I talked earlier about over and under value. I think I was overvaluing competitiveness and what it did was not allow me to see where everybody was coming from and to find out what I would now call my limiters. What were people's limiters? What was stopping them from working on their jumps to tuck or working on being more excellent in their basket toss execution or with their stunt partner and that conflict? So rather than me just kind of blowing my lid here, finding out and seeing what I could do by listening to my teammates on what I could have done to help them solve some of their roadblocks. There we go. And this this just hit me as you're saying that. So you guys end up in third place. You got the goal you wanted. Yeah. The actually, you know, you got the trophy that you wanted. But here's the other question: How? And you could be completely honest. How were your relationships mm -hmm. after that? Oh gosh, I just so you know, like inside my head, the last seven minutes, I'm like. Okay, so I realized I talked about third place and it sounds like motivation, which is external. And I'm thinking like, oh, Jason, I really want to share like the big fundamental piece. So thank you very much for coming back to it because that was exactly what I was going to say. The reality is what got us to that place was the foundation of our team and our program, which was relationships. In fact, last week I was in Chicago doing camps and I saw my two of my very best friends, both were on that team, Suzanne and Heather. And and you better believe Heather's 18-year-old daughter who's going away to college to play volleyball was there. And we were reminiscing about college, those teams, and the parallel of like, hey, Faith Anna, you're about to embark on the same journey your mom did like 20-some years ago. And that is when she met me and Suzanne. And we are lifelong friends. So to get to your question, because we and our foundation was relationship building, because we cared about each other, we trusted one another and we valued everybody. That included the alternates. Everybody was important. Everybody was cared about. I think it made the achievement of our goal, rather that being at the forefront, it ended up being a byproduct. It occurred because mm -hmm. of our foundation and our care for one another. Trust and inspire. There we go. Absolutely love that. And it's, you know, it's one thing about you know, building the character and the values of people is that if I am you know, honest, or if I am more competitive, or if I am more resilient, or if I am more encouraging, will those things help me be a better athlete or a better teammate? 
And typically the answer is yes. If I do the, if I'm more encouraging and more honest or more competitive or more whatever, those things will help me be a better teammate and a better athlete. And by being a better teammate and a better athlete, those teams usually do better at competitions, right? They usually maximize their, their potential there, right? When we get back to the core values of being a person of character or having, you know, having great leadership qualities, right? So let's go ahead. Let's uh, hop into a break and then we'll uh, wrap up with these final questions. Sounds great. Gym owners, do you find yourself working 100 hour weeks? And then did you know that being underpaid and undervalued is the number one cause for owner burnout? The business coaches at NextGen, some of my good friends, can help you get out of that rut. They, in fact, are gym owners themselves, so they've been in your shoes. The NextGen coaches work alongside gym owners to help them grow their programs and build their profits. So if you want to learn more about how Next NextGen can help you. Book a call at nextgenowners.com. And we are back, Jeff. You've already been fantastic. Now we round third base. <laughs> Let's um, we're gonna finish out strong. Cool. So here we go. Jeff, what is the impact that a good leader can have? I mean, the impact a good leader can have is like infinite, right? <laughs> you are not only going to be able to help others succeed, you're going to be able to impact your team's success in a more positive way. And you're going to, for yourself, create more leadership potential in the future. Well, you say... You use a couple words just now. Oh, okay. Which has sparked this. You said that it's infinite. Yeah. And so I know there is the, you know, the terms finite leadership and infinite, you know, leadership, mm-hmm. right? So can you talk to me about kind of the difference between those two things and, you know, how they are separated and how I can be, I'm guessing I want to be an infinite leader, right? Yeah. So I think of finite leadership and infinite leadership from the work of Simon Sinek. You talked about him earlier with the book at your mom's house. So, you know, full circle here. I think of finite leadership as the focus on winning. It's really the focus on like two entities that are like trying to fight and battle and so only one winner versus infinite leadership is really about the deeper meaning. It's about the idea of keep the game going rather than uh, us versus them focus. It is on a what can we do to be the best versions of ourselves. So instead of focusing on the end goal, focusing on what my behaviors and attitudes are right now. Simon talks a little bit. Is it okay if I talk about Microsoft versus Apple? Yeah, of course. All right. So just to give some context, Simon Sinek talks about uh, many years ago, he was presenting at a Microsoft convention and he was saying like 70 to 80% of their executives, leaders, talked about how to beat Apple when presenting to their teams. But he was giving similar presentations at Apple, listening to their executives. And he would say that 100% of their executives were focusing on innovation, the questions that they were asking and having their employees answer, what can we do for teachers to teach better? What can we do? What kind of innovations can we provide for students to learn better? That to me is like the obvious difference between finite leadership and infinite leadership. Yeah, the ongoing, evergreen, lasting impact, which again, there's something I've learned from you. Oh, there's a question that I, I've got, I can't figure out where this lands in fixed mindset or growth Ooh, mindset. Okay. So I'm, I'm hoping that you can answer, that you can help me answer this yeah. on the spot. I'll do my best. 
So, you know, we have our daughter, Joey, and I'm going and, you know, when she's working really hard at a puzzle, it's really easy for me to say, hey, awesome job, Joey. I know you're really struggling with that, but, or not, but, but, you know, I know you really struggle with that. Great job persevering through those challenging puzzle pieces, right? And I understand great. that I will go towards our growth mindset. Mm-hmm. When, and I try to inspire her creativity. She's really creative and I'm trying cool. to inspire her creativity, but I don't know by saying that was really creative if that is something something that is going under fixed mindset mm. or growth mindset. Good question. <laughs> so, I don't so, so I was wondering if you had any insight. I think it's more in terms of like the vinyl or the label. You're a great artist, Joey. That immediately rings my fixed mindset bell. Um, I like how you're showing creativity is an action. So that would be a way to frame the growth mindset of what you're seeing in front of you. Coincidentally enough, in my second edition of Unblock, The Walls Come Tumbling Down, one of the additions that I have added to it is how can coaches and and parents change the way in which they're speaking to their kids to make things more growth-minded or fixed-minded. So just to throw a little plug for the second edition coming out on September 1st. Yeah. September 1st. All right. You guys heard yeah, it Yeah, Amazon. First. Let's do it. Any, any cool people to do like a review on it or a... <laughs> Maybe not like the forward, well, but like, you know. uh, coincidentally <laughs> enough, you may recognize that name there. Ah, <laughs> Mr. Lark. Love that. There you go. It was an honor. It really was. It was really cool. You know, cause I've loved the book forever and I've loved your work for as long as I've been introduced no, to you. Thank you. So it, yeah, it was really, it truly was an honor. And I really do believe in, <laughs> thank you. you know, you've, you really have helped shaped the way that I coach and the way that I, that I speak with just everything everyone you know in general like you know as a leader and you know every day i'm trying to just encourage these kids so i really really appreciate it and it was an honor to do it and a pleasure you know for sure thank you i appreciate that so you know we're talking about how we can be better leaders for our athletes so we've talked about how we could demonstrate and model that as coaches but what are other ways that we get it to our athletes when we want to put them in a position Mm. of leadership like we want them to be leaders like what can we do? yes amazing question i hope all coaches are coming and gonna replay this because this is really the key a lot of us as i mentioned want to see this generation we want to foster more leadership The reality is why we don't see a lot of leaders right now in this generation is that we as adults have taken away so many of those opportunities for kids to lead and to learn from their mistakes. So Jason, I'm sure both you and I, I, we may have talked about this before. We, when we were kids, got to go outside. You use the reference of baseball a lot. We got to play baseball and kickball. We created our own games and our own rules and we kind of regulated ourselves. Yeah. But this generation doesn't do that, do they? We, as adults and as cheer coaches and owners, understand that we have put ourselves in a position where we've really taken a lot of this autonomy of kids away. Our kids, my daughter included, basically everything she does has been micromanaged by myself, her mom, or my husband. We put her in camps and we put her with adults. And so very rarely is it ever a child-child-led situation. 
because of that, they have not grown these leadership muscles. So hopefully now all of you coaches are like, well, okay, so let's, how do we build up those leadership muscles for our athletes? I mentioned earlier, the first step is making sure that you understand that leadership can be taught. I'm going to use Jeff Jansen's work just because it summarizes it so well. When we're talking to our athletes, we want to make sure that we help them understand that you can be a leader by example. Oftentimes, peer pressure is seen in a negative way, right? There's a negative connotation, but we do say negative peer pressure. Leadership by example is the opposite. It's how can you act currently in a way that creates our culture to have positive peer pressure. And you can do that by showing a commitment, by growing your confidence, by staying composed and regulated when things don't go your way, and by having high character or integrity, being a woman or a man of your word. Those four C's are essential in being a leader by example. The opposite, or not really the opposite, but the other is then to be a vocal leader, which includes those four C's, but to also then include being an encourager, which is about like servant leadership and being a confidence builder, but also an enforcer, somebody who is able to redirect or refocus the team, but also to help challenge the team to achieving bigger goals. Absolutely love it. I once wrote a blog called Your Daughter Won't Fly Forever. But with FlyRight, she might fly a little bit longer. There's more pressure on flyers than any other position out there. Help your athlete fly right. Fly Right by TumbleTrack is the personal stunt stand that helps cheerleaders fine-tune their skills and perfect their body control. Made with heavy steel construction, it's easy to store away when not in use so your athlete can train anytime, anywhere. Give the gift of flying a little bit longer with Fly Right by TumbleTrack. Link in the show notes. True story. When I was a kid, my sister would practice her back handsprings down the hill on the side of our yard. Back then, buying mats from Tumble Track was not an option. But now you can step your tumbling game up with a folding incline mat by Tumble Track. Start perfecting those rolls kickovers, handsprings, and tucks with these cheese wedges that come in three different sizes and three bold colors. Get ready to flip, twist, and tumble like never before with the safety of an incline mat by Tumble Track. Link in the description. So what I really like about that is just giving, like you said, and I thought about it just now with Joey, everything we do with her is micromanaged parent super right like she doesn't have just the autonomy to go outside and just make up her own games so it sounds like you're saying as yeah. leaders we can say hey guys we're, we have to give our athletes the actual opportunity to lead if we want them to be leaders and they have to kind of stumble through a little bit like we have to be okay with them stumbling through a little bit so they can actually develop that leadership muscle is that what i'm kind of hearing you say that's exactly right we can in our practices though it may look inefficient which is like the killer of all coaches right inefficiency ah the reality is we're going to get more bang for our buck if we do allow our teams to have more control, trust and inspire about what practices will look like. It could be as simple as like them creating their own stunt routine without you intervening as coaches. Allow your athletes to kind of create things and do things together. Uh, when we do the activities that I mentioned earlier about values, allowing those groups to argue and be able to like 
come to terms with how do we all make sure that we have a voice when we go from our 20 values to three and we all want to agree. And then we can process it as coaches. That's how we can continue to foster leadership, but really allowing our athletes more opportunities to lead one another and have a voice. There we go. Dude, Jeff, I don't even know what else to say. Um, <laughs> I really don't. I just like, I, he just, you just mic dropped me. <laughs> Dude, this, he's killing it right now. All right, I'm going to have more. I vow that I will try my best <laughs> to have more athlete-led because I, I'm like, yo, we're doing it. We got we got mm -hmm. every minute planned out. We've got to make sure we get this done, you mm -hmm. know? But I do. I see the value 100%, and we've got to let our leaders develop, you know, and, and put them in positions to develop their own leadership, right, their leadership muscles and mm -hmm. And so they can be the voice out there when we're not out there, right? And have a more like, like you said, right. in, intrinsic, intrinsically inspired team, right? I'm on the team. I'm a part of the group, right? And and do that. Yeah. So is there anything we haven't talked about that you feel like we need to dive into? Yeah. So it's not really deep, but it is a question that I get a lot when centered around leadership. And it's the question, how do I get the most out of my teams? And the reality is that our teams aren't a towel, right? They're, they're not meant to be wrung out. That's very finite leadership. Yeah. So the real question is, what do I have to do to help my athletes perform at their best? So I just want to do that little mind switch for all of us coaches and owners out there when you're thinking like, ooh, my team has so much potential. How, Jeff, how do I, how do I get the most out of them? Flip that question. What do I have to do to help my athletes perform at their natural best? And it's about making sure that you are being a trust and inspire leader. The reality is growth mindset. You're going to fail. You're going to be command and control. You're going to see mistakes. Can you take a breath? Realize that we're all going to make mistakes and all you got to do coaches 1%, 1% better. And you're already moving in the right direction. You giving yourself that grace is modeling for your athletes the same thing. But when we get rigid and fixed-minded as leaders that we have to have it perfect and right, trust and inspire always, then we're modeling that same fixed-minded for our athletes. All right, so I want to let's end on this real quick. So Jeff, you've been a fountain <laughs> of wisdom, knowledge, and experience today, and a great storyteller, if I do say Thank so. Thank you myself but let's end with the couple things you've emphasized or a few things you've emphasized a couple of times is we've got to be known or we've got to know our athletes right we've got to actually have a relationship with them and know them they've got to know that we care about them and they've got to know that we value That's exactly them. right so give me one practical way that we can do each of those things that next Ooh. practice i can step into my next practice and make sure it's know that I know them, that I care about them, and that I value them. Spend individual time before and after practice just checking in with individual athletes rather than it being during stunts, during tumbling, which works. Spend five, 10 minutes before practice starts as kids are coming in. I'm sure most coaches, if you've got the time, hey, hey, good to see you, blah, blah, blah. Ask them questions and listen. Ask them how they're doing. Ask them what they're doing for summer camp. Ask them when school starts. Ask them what they're excited about with school. Ask them what they're nervous about with school starting, especially for those who are like going to middle school or high school and doing those big transitions. 
Absolutely love it. Jeff, you've been great. If people want to follow you online, and you have you have a bunch of different things. So tell people where to follow you online. You have your courses online where you teach about this and yeah. more, your mental blocks, everything. So how can people follow you if they want to reach out to you, contact you? What can people sure. do? Sure. So I would love to connect with you all. I can connect with you on Facebook, just Jeff Benson on Instagram mind body cheer you can email me mindbodycheer at gmail.com you can also find me on Vidzing. i have some courses going on right now for coaches course for parents and an on-demand course for athletes to help them overcome their mental limiters especially when it comes to mental blocks there you go. And then one more time, tell us about the book. All right. So Unblocked 2, The Walls Come Tumbling Down, is getting released on Amazon September 1st. Set your calendars, people. Guys, I can't tell you. I've not read the second edition, but I've read the first edition multiple times, and it's fantastic. Can't wait to read the second edition. And Jeff, you've been great. Thanks. And like I've, like I've said before, you're welcome back anytime. I love that. Hey, let's talk cheer podcast listeners. Although this episode has come to an end, there are a few other cheer podcasts out there that you can add to your weekly routine. If you're a gym owner or gym director and want to dive more into the business side of things, then check out the Connecting People and Profits podcast with host Dan Cotton. If you're a former cheerleader and want to hear the success stories from other former cheer athletes after their cheering days are done, then you'd love the Life After Cheer podcast with host Danielle Donovan. And if you want to hear the stories of the best athletes in the industry doing it at the highest level and their perspective on how to change the narrative of the sport, then the Spill the Cheer podcast with Tony G is for you. Check one of them out. Check them all out. And I'll see you guys next week. Thanks for watching the Let's Talk Cheer podcast. Definitely subscribe so you never miss out on anything from the show.